Hello, hello, hello. Dr. Paco here with you for another great podcast. Today we will be talking about interracial marriage, interracial relationships in general. Sometimes you may hear me interchange the terms, but I'm talking about the same thing. Now today I'm going to have to skip the truth teller news because this topic of interracial relationships covers so much information and to even make an attempt to do it, to do it justice. It needs as much time as I can give it. Now, interracial relationships, it's a very touchy subject. A lot of people get very defensive when you have any comments as it relates to their union. And I'm not speaking to unsolicited comments. I'm speaking solely to someone may have asked your opinion on something that tied into interracial relationships. And it just so happens to be that a friend, colleague or whoever overheard or whoever was in, in the mix didn't like what you had to say. And so you can be, it can become assumed that you are discriminating against them. You can be accused of some form of racism, which that's not even what racism means. And they didn't even get a chance to hear your argument to understand why you may have certain concerns our reservations. And to try to mitigate this issue, I always lead with the fact that I'm not against interracial dating, and I may even repeat it more than once so that the people who are listening understand that what, what I say following this is consistent with my initial position, that I am not against interracial dating. But there are circumstances and there are certain cultural considerations that if they are not considered have negative consequences they have they they have implications that can be problematic that are worth discussing before an individual gets involved in an interracial relationship and if you are okay with these consequences or if you okay with putting in the work to address these concerns and things that should be considered, then more power to you. But if you're not willing to address these concerns and you want to act like they they do not exist, then I don't believe that you should be dating interracially. Sorry, not sorry. So one of the things I say to people that when they ask me, why do I have an issue or why do I have a concern? I mentioned about culture. I say, will the cultures be split? Will the black side be minimized for the white side? It just seems like too often the black side of interracial children takes a back seat to the white side. In this Americanized society, it seems like that for so many people, white is right and black is wrong. And there's just so many stereotypes and anti-blackness that is, that, um, is in the home. And you see it, man, you see it manifest and it has effect on the children. I have seen so many interracial couples downplaying racism, downplaying white privilege, and their kids end up having identity issues. They feel like that, okay, I have this black skin and I can't exactly fit in with the white kids because they remind me when convenient that I'm not one of them. And then I don't know anything about my black side, so I definitely can't fit in with them. Who am I and where do I belong? And parents usually just leave them out there on a branch all by themselves, 
trying to figure this out and some some just don't. And it ends up being self-hate and internalized racism. And you can just lead to children struggling with um, depression, depression and all types of stress because they don't really know what to do. Now, some of you guys may be wondering, like, what is anti-Blackness in the home? Like, like, what, like, what does that mean? Well, it can be implied. For example, like, you can be discouraged from embracing Black culture, embracing Black entertainment. Like, it could literally be a PG-13 appropriate movie, but because it's a Black movie, your parent wants to go through all these extra screening procedures to make sure that it's okay Whereas you could watch the most ratchet white movie without even any type of reservation or concern. And so naturally, it reinforces to you that Black people um, need vetting, you know, that this this culture needs to be watched a little more closely because they're not as appropriate as, as white culture. It could be a situation in the home where you're not allowed to hang out with certain kids unless your mom or dad meets the parents. But when it comes to the white kids, you can spend the night and go right on over. So there can be a lot of scrutiny that that comes over Black people in the home. And I've noticed too, that sometimes when it comes to the extended family, the Black extended family, they're not allowed to have as much access to the children as the white family because of the assumption that the black family will be of negative influences. I know people who marry into like a white family, so to speak, and they literally just neglect every aspect of their of their upcoming because they just have bought into the idea that this white so-called stable home is the way I want my kids to grow up because I grew up in a black home that had all these issues. And it's all assumptions. You know, it looks good on the outside, but there could be all these issues in this white family that are not being dealt with. But because you didn't see certain things, you just assume that white is right because you chose not to investigate because again, you did not use the same scrutiny. Now, I remember a situation where I was in school and when I was really young, you know, we went to schools that were primarily black, but eventually we ended up going to schools that were primarily white. And I remember the little jokes that kids would make, like the little anti-Black jokes. And one joke that comes to mind, a kid was making a joke about God making people in the oven and that when he made white people, he was like, that's just right. But when he made Black people, he was like, oh, it's overcooked or like they're burnt or something like that. And all the kids are laughing, hee hee ha ha. Imagine your interracial child being in that setting and how that makes them feel. And so if they feel comfortable enough to come home to you and to tell you what happened, sticks and stones is not going to cut it. And that that's a component of interracial um, dating that you have to be able to educate yourself because you don't have the education. Because the way you see the world potentially um, is... If you're a white person, you see the world through a white person's eyes and you're not going to notice all the things that a black person may notice because you have not endured those experiences. So you can take an effort to educate yourself or encourage the black parent, you know, make them aware of what happened. But there's a lot of times there's not um, communication about what the child is going through because one parent may downplay it and the other parent never even knows what happened. When you, as the mother, because children usually spend a great deal of time with the mother those first six years 
of um, of life before they even get over to the father, who in many cases might be providing, might spend a lot of time outside of the home. And I'm speaking in more of like a, a traditional sense. I know this is not monolithic. This is not how all families are formed, how all families are structured, but you get the point. So the white mother may not even feel like it's necessary to even mention these things to the, to the black father because to her, it's like, whatever. And that's another thing that racism is taken very seriously in a lot of black homes because black people tend to understand how destructive it is. Now, I understand that with integration, there's a lot of divergence with a lot of different perspectives and opinions. And I understand that there's a great deal of coons and Uncle Toms out there that, that keep it going and make it hard for black people. I am not negating that they exist, but I'm, I'm specifically just stating and acknowledging that white people from a general sense are not well equipped to, to help a black child deal with racism that they will um, endure. Now, some people might be thinking like, well, what is my kid supposed to do if they're only surrounded by white people? Listen, and listen carefully. I am not saying that your kid needs to act black, whatever that means, but I'm assuming that to you that might mean urban. I'm not even saying your kid needs to date black or even have black friends. The issue that I have is that if your kid is anti-black, if your kid hates black people and they hate the black parts of themselves, that tells me that somewhere as a parent, you failed. So it's not just about the environment. It is about the consciousness of the child. And when you fail to provide the child with the necessary resources, mental, physical, whatever is needed to navigate their experiences you have failed an aspect of being a parent. And I'm gonna share a little bit here with you um, when I talk about physical, that actually ties into the psychological. My wife as a cosmetologist does hair and nails and people, a lot of white people come to the salon with their daughters whose hair has not been done and only God knows how long. And you see, it's not uncommon for a lot of white people to come to the salon months apart because a lot of white people only go to the salon to get their hair dyed or to get it cut and so that pretty much works for their culture but for black people they go to the salon in order to have the hair properly maintenance if they cannot maintain it on their own they have to come more frequently so one of the things that my wife tends to see often are young black girls who come to the salon with their hair and knots and there's only so much she can do with the conditioner and the and the you know the different um, products to help detangle hair. To where often she has to just pull out the scissors, and she has to go full Edward Scissorhands and just start cutting stuff off. And when these young black girls look in the mirror and see their hair, so much of their hair gone, the self-esteem immediately plummets. And the white woman is just oblivious. And she's like, oh, thank you for doing her hair. How much do I owe you? And that is another cultural disconnect. In Black culture, hair is significant. Hair is a method of, is a means of self-expression. If your hair is not prepared in certain ways, it negatively can affect your experience and your ability to assimilate in black spaces and you will stand out in the worst way. 
So when your child has to get their hair cut so low where it looks like a little mini afro, because that's all that you're willing to accept for them because you will not comb their hair, that's a problem. And that is child neglect. Another thing that I see, which which ties back into the anti-Blackness, is that my wife might do a hairstyle that has a cultural hairstyle that my wife is purposely doing because she knows that this hairstyle will last longer because she knows that the mother is incompetent and she will not do the child's hair. So I will do it in plaques or I'll do it in a certain style so help it last a little longer so that the girl doesn't have to go out and the next day she looks like a troll all over again. And sometimes these women who have not been interested in their child's hair at all now they want to take it down. They want to take the style down immediately because they do not want their interracial, because they do not want their biracial child to look black. Again, that's an anti-blackness. And your kid will pick up on those cues. And so what I've noticed sometimes with mixed kids, they will they finally get old enough to get that flat iron. They will fry their hair like it's some Kentucky fried chicken because they have internalized that I need to keep my stuff straight without a single curl shown. And they could have the most beautiful curl pattern, but it has been taught to them that they need to assimilate. Now I'm gonna give you a short story here of someone I know that was, was a mixed kid that was in one of my classes that I was teaching. He told me that when his mother would get upset with him, she would call him a nigger and other black other anti-black comments and black names and he was in a situation to where he was like a middle child so all his siblings were white so his mother initially dated white and then got involved with the with with the black she had her little black phase and then she went back to to what she knows and so she has this black child and she says all these things to him and he's in this class with me and he tells me one day that he hates being black he hates his black skin, he hates his hair texture, and he just wants to be white like everyone else in his family. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, let me find the words, because I don't want to, um, you know, go in on his mama right now and, and talk about her. So I told him that sometimes you just need to change your environment and things start to feel different. And I told him that, you know, I don't see anything wrong with you the way that you are. And I left it there because I did not want to overstep and get overly involved in this child's business because he already has made it clear to me that he wants to be white and he's still heavily involved with this family, even though at one point his mom had lost him and he ended up in the system, but she got him again. And he talks about the stress and and that comes with the, the racism he deals at home, but yet he keeps going home. He's an adult. But yet he keeps going home and dealing with more and more and more of the stress. And there have been many times where he would leave class to go and address the crisis that his mother had just got herself into. And eventually he stopped coming to class altogether and, and his high grade went to a felon grade. Now, another experience I seen was a black woman who was dating a white man and we were in a black space and she invited herself um, for whatever reason to the black space and decided to just go in on black men. 
and just was unloading. Black men ain't shit. Black men ain't this. Black men ain't that. White men can take care of you. White men ha have more money. Black men, they're out here selling drugs. You know, they're in gangs. They're violent. And she was just going on and on and on and on. And I made a comment and I said, you know, I find it interesting that the lower economic status Black men, the, the lesser educated Black man is always compared to the higher educated to the higher economic status white men like you guys never want to do a side-by-side -side comparison and these any anti-black comments and i also noticed that you never want to address the racial barriers that it, that exist that make it harder for black men to navigate um to navigate the workforce to navigate many of these opportunities because white men are able to get these opportunities not because of their their in that because they're intellectuals not because of the merit but because simply someone just gave them the position there are a lot of average white men in high positions and there are women and there are women whether they're white or minority women are black men who are much more equipped who are much more intelligent but simply it's just a white dominated field and they're going to just hire people who look like them and that's just kind of how the world works people prefer people that look like them. They prefer to interact with people that look like them. But specifically in the United States, you could take it a step further because white supremacy, it reigns and, and it takes over. And so as I mentioned that, she's like, oh, that's just excuses and excuses why black men don't do this and black men don't do that. And she's talking to someone that is more educated, you know, and has put more into making something out of themselves than the man that she that she's laying with. And so as she began to talk more about her situation and how much her man can do for her and how she's a kept woman and how she doesn't have to work and all this stuff. And I'm be honest with you guys, I believe her man is white, but in terms of how loaded he is and in terms of what all he can do for her, I believe she just was lying. I believe she's just an anti-black and she out here just, just taking shots at black men. I believe that she is a troll and she's just bringing negativity into the room and people are taking her seriously. But nevertheless, as she shared more information about the white guy that she is involved with, it became clear that this is an individual from another country. So now I asked another question. I asked her, why is it that you will compare the black man in the United States to a white man that you found from another country? So you're willing to find a white man universally, you know, globally, but and you're gonna let's look at the black dating pool here, here in the United States. So you skipped Africa. You know, you have skipped Brazil, you have skipped South America, you have skipped all these places, the, the Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? You've skipped all these places and you just are focused on the black people in Chicago, the black people in St. Louis, the black people in Detroit, the black people in LA. And that is how you have come up with your conclusion. And we're not just talking about any black person. We are talking about the black person that, that is out there. Meet me at the trap is going down. That has how you have drawn your, um, your conclusion. And so this will bring me to a point that I'm coming to here really, really quickly here. There is a war on race and the war has not ended. And people love to talk about what was and not what's the past. No, it is about what is and what is what will continue to be until we have gotten to a place which, which we're not going to get to. But I'm going to go ahead and be that optimist for those of you who are listening until we have gotten to a place where people will be judged by the content of their, of their character, not the color of their skin. And we have reached equality for all. Sounds good, don't it? And so this is, what, this is the next point I want to make here. 
dating outside of your race is a cultural conflict of interest. And I will say that again, dating outside of your race is a cultural conflict of interest. If you are someone that, as you claim, is for the people, that you are pro-Black, you are a threat to the person across from you because if they have white privilege and in their minds they earn this, it's not privilege. And they don't believe that Black people are owed reparations. And they downplay racism. They don't believe that it is a significant factor. How are you supposed to be a sister soldier at the reparations rally? And then you come home to somebody thinking that Blacks are not owed reparations. That, my friend, is called a cultural conflict. And a lot of the interracial couples that I've dealt with are not willing to accept the fact that their cultures clash. I understand that you too may feel unified, but your cultures clash. So it is a conflict of interest. So when you say Black power, you know what I'm saying? When you say that you are for the cause, you're not. Because I cannot say that I'm a soldier for the Russian army and I'm also a soldier for the Ukraine army. That's in, It makes no sense. And if it makes sense and if it's possible, I would love for you to message me to write it in the comments on one of these um, platforms my um, podcast goes to. I would love for you to enlighten me because I love to learn. Explain to me how you can be a soldier and Ukraine's army and a soldier in Russia's, in Russia's army and how it all can come together with you not being considered an infiltrator without, without you not being considered a traitor. It helped me understand it. Because here's the thing. Black people face discrimination in the workplace, housing discrimination. It's harder for Black people to secure business loans. There's disparities in the education system. And as descendants of slaves, we start way, way, way in the back. And white folk not trying to hear this. If you were to come to your white spouse and just to unload all your black struggles and all the racism that you've encountered throughout your whole entire life, what are the chances that this white spouse says, you know what, let me go and get my dashiki and I'm gonna go out to the reparations rally with you and we're gonna fight to get you what you deserve. More than likely, they're gonna gaslight you, downplay the situation or leave you where they found you because people want people that are agreeable and are willing to go along with what they want. And I know I did not speak a lot about white men and black women, but I'm going to say a few things right now before my time is before my time is up. Men tend to leave their families, right? We all know this. So what I've seen whenever the man is white, I've seen situations to where he'll say that racism doesn't even exist. Or he'll say that that was then and now everyone has the same opportunities. Now imagine how that impacts your children whenever they go out there with the with the wrong impression, thinking that every opportunity they have an equal chance to get. And they're confused, stuck on stupid, trying to understand while they're facing discrimination, but they can't quite put their finger on it because they don't understand how discrimination works because daddy said racism is a thing of the past. It is a cultural conflict of interest. So if you 
are willing to acknowledge that I love this person, I want to be with this person, but there are some conflict of interests as it pertains to certain things, but I'm okay with that. Then I respect you, but I haven't met it yet. I haven't met someone that has been able to say that. It's always ego defensive and they have to tell themselves that racism isn't an issue of significance to justify their union. And if you can't just call a spade a spade, if you can't just say what it is, then why are you involved in the situation? And that is a sign to me that maybe you shouldn't be involved in the situation. If you can't admit that you are in an environment that doesn't really want you there whenever clearly there are signs after sign after sign, then like, what are you really doing? Like forcing yourself into white spaces, you, you just look foolish. And it benefits you in no way. So the point of this podcast is not to be divisive. It is to provide a framework for people to understand that when you get involved in these conversations, don't allow people to make you feel like something is wrong with you because you feel like that every aspect of interracial dating is not just all hunky-dory. There was a conversation about um, does interracial dating, is it a benefit to the Black community? And the individual that I described to you guys, the divester, the woman that was anti-Black men, she said it's a benefit because white men have more. So she is so focused on upward mobility. She keeps talking about cash and money and never once did I hear her say that she loved this man. It was always about what, what he could do for her. And because he could do more, that was her reason for um for being with him and to send it home she put black men down to make it seem as if we have no other option she said she felt sorry for for black women that waste their time with black men that they need to open their horizons and date white men and see how much better it is and whatever whatever and my whole thought process is that if white men are so great, why are you in a black space saying all this? Take yourself over to the white spaces and just worship them and, and kiss their feet and say how wonderful they are and how glad you are to be accepted. But you are in a black space, you're in a black forum, like, and you're the only person talking like this. Why are you here? So it appears to me that you miss being in black space and you are compensating, you are lying to yourself and you are lying to us to try to justify the decision you have made, but you know there is a cultural disconnect. You know there are things that this person will never understand. And when you have your black children, you know that it'll be difficult for that individual to relate to that child on certain parameters. And one of the things I'll say before I go, before I uh, make my time, is I remember saying interracial couples and a few that shared this, that when certain black people were gunned down in the streets, that the drama in the home between the couples was so significant that people would go a day or two without talking because the black person felt that it was racial injustice and the white person was like, the person should have just complied. Cultural conflict of interest. Because as a white person, if I say that this is racial injustice, then that means that I essentially am saying that something needs to change 
in the way that policing is constructed, whether it's defunding the police, whether it is more training, whatever strategy is believed. But I basically am acknowledging that there are still a lot of racist white people that are out there that need to be checked. And then I also basically am saying that if I don't do anything about it, then I look like I'm part of the problem. So to avoid that route, I would simply say that that Negro should have stopped running. That Negro should have not stole those cigarettes from the store. But we know that it's never okay to shoot somebody in the back that's running away, that it's not protocol. We know it is not protocol to kneel on someone's neck whenever they're saying that they can't breathe. We know it is not okay to shoot a 10 year old because you think they have a real gun when they really have a toy gun, when you simply can give commands to the individual and they can express to you the truth of the situation. We know no knock warrants where you're blowing people's heads off is not okay. But let people in these interracial relationships tell it it's always the black person's fault. They're always punching down, blaming us for our shortcomings. And you are going to be in a relationship with that in many cases and not acknowledge it. So I'll say one more time before I go, if you're willing to live in truth and just call it what it is and say, in spite of all these things that are happening culturally, my love for this person is so strong that I wanna be with them in spite of all of that, but I will acknowledge everything you're saying you have my respect, you have my love, and more, more power to you, but do not come to the rally. So that's my time, y'all. Thank you all for joining me again for another podcast. I look forward to talking to you all here soon. Stay tuned. Dr. Paco out.